friends, and welcome to my podcast. My name is Thistle, and this, fuck you. Can you pause your music for a second? (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. (laughs) I'm not actually going to start the podcast like that. (laughs) I had a little bit of a recording snafu, It just struck me as very funny, so I had to leave it in and let you guys hear a little bit of the behind the scenes. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Why, hello there, friends, and welcome back to my podcast. My name is Thistle, and this is Thistle in the Weeds. Christmas, my friends. I can't believe this episode is coming out on Christmas Day. It's pretty exciting. Next week, an episode on the 1st of January. Wahoo! (laughs) I didn't want to get too wrapped up in uh, a topic that might be challenging this week. I think last week my episode was a little triggering for some people, and it was a bit long. So, For Christmas, I wanted to give you something kind of fun, something a little shorter, sweeter, something to enjoy, I hope. Um, One thing that I would really like to start bringing back is telling ghost stories at Christmas. It was a thing that used to happen way back in ye olden days. People gathered around a fire after just having a nice, wonderful feast And to entertain each other, they would just start telling ghost stories. And then, of course, we started having the industrialization happening. And people started having to work a bit more, sometimes on the holidays. And so Christmas became less and less important. And telling ghost stories and things like that kind of fell by the wayside. But then we had a resurgence, of course, with Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. It is an absolutely marvelous book if you've never read it. Um, If you don't really care to read it, I will tell you the absolute best version of A Christmas Carol is The Muppet's Christmas Carol. Bite me. (laughs) It is absolutely the best and uses so much of the actual story within the writing, within the script. It's so, so good and you will never ever convince me otherwise go watch it. But of course, it's one of the most popular ghost stories at Christmas. And I really think we just need to bring back this habit of telling ghost stories at Christmas. And with that, I'm going to tell you a ghost story. This ghost story is actually written by Rosemary Timperley. She was a British novelist and short story writer who lived between 1920 and 1988. And she is probably best remembered for her ghost stories. This particular ghost story is called Christmas Meeting. I have never spent Christmas alone before. It gives me an uncanny feeling sitting alone in my furnished room with my head full of ghosts and the room full of voices of the past. It's a drowning feeling all the Christmases of the past coming back in a mad jumble. A childish Christmas, with a house full of relations, a tree in the window, sixpence in the pudding, 
and the delicious crinkly stalking in the dark morning. The adolescent Christmas with mother and father. The war and the bitter cold and letters from abroad. The first really grown-up Christmas with a lover. The snow and the enchantment, red wine and kisses, and the walk in the dark before midnight with the ground so white and the stars diamond bright in the black sky. So many Christmases through the years. And now, the first Christmas alone. But not quite loneliness. A feeling of companionship with all the other people who are spending Christmas alone. Millions of them. Past and present. A feeling that if I close my eyes, there will be no past or future. Only an endless present which is time. Because it is all we ever have. Yes, however cynical you are, however irreligious, it makes you feel queer to be alone at Christmas time. So I'm absurdly relieved when the young man walks in. There's nothing romantic about it. I'm a woman of nearly 50, a spinster schoolma'am with grim dark hair and myopic eyes that once were beautiful. And he's a kid of 20 rather unconventionally dressed, with a flowing wine-coloured tie and black velvet jacket, and brown curls which could do with a taste of the barber's scissors. The effeminacy of his dress is belied by his features, narrow piercing blue eyes, and arrogant jutting nose and chin. Not that he looks strong. The skin is fine-drawn of the prominent features, and he is very white. He bursts in without knocking, then pauses, says, I'm sorry, I thought this was my room. He begins to go out, then hesitates and says, Are you alone? Yes. It's queer being alone at Christmas, isn't it? May I stay and talk? I'd be glad if you would. He comes right in and sits down by the fire. I hope you don't think I came in here on purpose. I really did think it was my room. He explains. I'm glad you made the mistake, but you're a very young person to be alone at Christmas time. I wouldn't go back to the country to my family. It would hold up my work. I'm a writer. I see. I can't help smiling a little. That explains his rather unusual dress, and he takes himself so seriously, this young man. Of course, you mustn't waste a precious moment of writing, I say with a twinkle. No, not a moment. That's what my family won't see. They don't appreciate urgency. Families are never appreciative of the artistic nature. No, they aren't. He agrees seriously. What are you writing? Uh, poetry and diary combined. It's called My Poems and I by Francis Randall. That's my name. My family say there's no point in my writing, that I'm too young. But I don't feel young. Sometimes I feel like an old man with too much to do before he dies. Revolving faster and faster on the wheel of creativeness. Yes, yes, exactly. You understand. You must read my work sometime. Please read my work. Read my work. A note of desperation in his voice, a look of fear in his eyes makes me say, We're both getting much too solemn for Christmas Day. I'm going to make you some coffee, and I have plum cake. I move about, clattering cups, spooning coffee into my percolator, but I must have offended him, for when I look around... I found he has left me. 
I am absurdly disappointed. I finish making coffee, however, then turn to the bookshelf in the room. It is piled high with volumes, for which the landlady has apologised profusely. Hope you don't mind the books, miss, but my husband won't part with them, and there's nowhere to put them. We charge a bit less for the room for that reason. I don't mind, I said. Books are good friends. But these aren't very friendly-looking books. I take one at random. Or does some strange fate guide my hand? Sipping my coffee, inhaling my cigarette smoke, I began to read the battered little book, published, I see, in spring, 1852. It's mainly poetry. Immature stuff, but vivid. Then there's a kind of diary, more realistic, less affected. Out of curiosity, to see if there are any amusing comparisons, I turn to the entry for Christmas Day, 1851. I read, My first Christmas alone. I had rather an odd experience. When I went back to my lodgings after a walk, there was a middle-aged woman in my room. I thought, at first, I'd walked into the wrong room, but this was not so. And after a pleasant talk, she disappeared. I suppose she was a ghost. But I wasn't frightened. I liked her, but I do not feel well tonight. Not at all well. I've never felt ill at Christmas before. A publisher's note followed the last entry. Francis Randall died from a sudden heart attack on the night of Christmas Day, 1851. The woman mentioned in this final entry in his diary was the last person to see him alive. In spite of requests for her to come forward, she never did so. Her identity remains a mystery. And there you have it, my friends. The ghost story of Christmas 2023. I hope you all have a very Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to email me at artbyfissel at gmail.com or you can catch me at coffeeko-fi.com slash artbythistle. I hope you have a wonderful evening and a happy new year. Be nice to each other. Don't be a dick. Bye. Gather here by the fire as the last embers fade into darkness And the last sign of life in the abyss of our hollowness Will be the intensifying prismatic glow of the Christmas light Shames will be erased by the blinding and chromatic beams of the Christmas light. Christmas light. 
people will share in this moment Where little dreams mean so much less As its brilliance consumes all our wasteful lives We're rewritten by The perfect sparkling myriad of colors Despite all our dullness It's reflecting of nothing but pure snow Pure snow We will be nothing but pure snow Oh,